Welcome back into the studio room here. This is Bible Tract Echoes, a radio broadcast, a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated here in Bloomington, Illinois. I'm evangelist Mike McCurry, your host, and I'm excited to be spending the next few moments with you. If you were listening yesterday, I may unintentionally have left you on a cliffhanger, but I promise I'll come good today. I'm excited to conclude our Christmas story that we began yesterday. And if you did not listen yesterday, no issue whatsoever. I do appreciate the fact that you are listening right now. I promise I'll review and catch you up to where we were in the story in short order. Before we do that, though, I'd like to tell you about another tract that works very well at this Christmas season. It's called The Gift. And this one is perfect for today because the story that we will be talking about in just a moment, it revolves around some Christmas gifts. In all actuality, the most important gift of all time is not something in the materialistic sense. It's, of course, the sacrifice of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And that's what this gospel tract means to tell you about. If you're not familiar with our ministry, we give out gospel tracts for free around the world. We don't even charge for shipping. We don't even need your credit card number to send you one of our sample packets. Our sample packet is one each of some 40 different tracks that we print and produce right here in Bloomington, Illinois. We'd love to send that to you completely free. It would include one of these tracks called The Gift. Now, since we are at the Christmas season and it's fast approaching, maybe you'd like to visit our website, BibleTracksInc.org, and just order maybe 25 or 50 of these gospel tracks called The Gift. Now, keep in mind that this particular track, The Gift, it works all year round. It's not just a Christmas tract. And so please visit our website, BibleTracksInc.org. Now, yesterday, I allowed myself to get a little short on time. And so I'm not going to make the same mistake today. If you will allow me, we are going to jump back into our Christmas story. I'll give you a short introduction to what you might have missed or just a short refresher if you might have forgotten. Now remember, this story is great if you're feeling a little bit grinchy. It kind of reminds you about what this Christmas season should really be about. So if you have a family member or a friend that needs to hear this, well, then recommend to them that they find our podcast. The podcast version of this broadcast can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Bible Tract Echoes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. You can find it there. Please do that. And if you have someone nearby that needs to listen in right now, I'll give you a moment to go grab them. Please do. Now remember, here's what we talked about yesterday. We met a young man named Matt. And Matt was a little bit perturbed. He was irritated. He was saddened by the fact that he was not going to receive the Christmas gift that he expected to receive because his family was a little bit short on money. And his irritation was expanded or even increased because his dad said on a cold, wintry, blustery day, to, why don't you go ahead and come outside with me, Matt? And as they went outside, he found that there was some work to be done. They had already done the chores for the day, but they loaded up their big sled, had the horses hitched up there, and they put pile after pile of firewood in there. And he found out that there was someone down the road, Mrs. Jensen, about two miles away, and they were having a rough go of it. Let's pick it up here. Matt's father picks up the story with this. 
I rode by just today. Little Jakey, Mrs. Jensen's boy, was out digging around in the woodpile, trying to find just a few chips. They're out of wood, Matt. That was all he said, and then he turned and went back into the woodshed for another armload of wood. Of course, I followed him. We loaded the sled so high that I began to wonder if the horses would be able to pull it. Finally, he called a halt to our loading, and then we went to the smokehouse. He took down a big ham and a side of bacon. He handed them to me and told me to put them in the sled and wait. When he returned, he was carrying a sack of flour over his right shoulder and a smaller sack of something else in his left hand. What's in the little sack, I asked. Shoes. They're out of shoes, son. Little Jakey just had gunny sacks wrapped around his feet when he was out in the woodpile this morning. I got the children a little candy, too. It just wouldn't be Christmas without a little candy. We rode the two miles to Mrs. Jensen's pretty much in silence. I tried to think through what Daddy was doing. We didn't have much by worldly standards. Of course, we did have a big wood pile, though most of what was left now was still in the form of logs that I would have to saw into blocks and split before we could even use it. We had meat and flour, so we could spare that, but I knew we didn't have any money. So why was he buying them shoes and candy? Really, why was he doing any of this? Widow Jensen had closer neighbors than us. It shouldn't have been our concern. We came in from the blind side of the Jensen house and unloaded the wood as quietly as possible. And then we took the meat and flour and shoes to the door. My daddy knocked. The door opened just a crack and a timid voice said, Who is it? It's Lucas Miles, ma'am, and my son, Matt. Could we come in for a bit? Mrs. Jensen opened the door and let us in. She had a blanket wrapped around her shoulders. The children were wrapped in another and were sitting in front of the fireplace by a very small fire that hardly gave off any heat at all. Mrs. Jensen fumbled with a match and finally lit the lamp. We brought you a few things, ma'am, Daddy said, and set down the sack of flour. I put the meat on the table. Then he handed her the sack that had the shoes in it. She opened it hesitantly and took the shoes out one pair at a time. There was a pair for her and one for each of the children. Sturdy shoes, the best, shoes that would last. I watched her carefully. She bit her lower lip to keep it from trembling. And then tears filled her eyes and started running down her cheeks. She looked up at my daddy like she wanted to say something, but it wouldn't come out. We brought a load of wood too, ma'am. Then he turned to me and said, Matt... Go bring in enough to last a while. Let's get that fire up to size and heat this place up a little bit. I wasn't the same person when I went back out to bring in the wood. I had a big lump in my throat, and as much as I hate to admit it, there were tears in my eyes too. In my mind, I kept seeing those three kids huddled around the fireplace, and their mother, standing there with tears running down her cheeks, with so much gratitude in her heart that she couldn't speak. My heart swelled within me, and a joy that I'd never known before filled my soul. I had given it Christmas many times before, but never when it had made so much difference. I could see we were literally saving the lives of these people. I soon had the fire blazing, and everyone's spirit soared. 
The kids started giggling when Daddy handed them each a piece of candy and Mrs. Jensen looked on with a smile that probably hadn't crossed her face for a long while. She finally turned to us and said, God bless you. I I know the Lord has sent you. The children and I have been praying that he would send one of his angels to spare us. In spite of myself, the lump returned to my throat and the tears welled up in my eyes again. I'd never thought of my daddy in those exact terms before. But after Widow Jensen mentioned it, I could see that it was probably true. I was sure that a better man than Daddy had never walked the earth. I started remembering all the times he had gone out of his way for Mommy and for me and many others. The list seemed endless as I thought on it. Daddy insisted that everyone try on the shoes before we left. I was amazed when they all fit and wondered how he had known what sizes to get. Then I guessed that if he was on an errand for the Lord, that the Lord would make sure he got the right sizes. Tears were running down Widow Jensen's face again when we stood up to leave. My daddy took each of the kids in his big arms, and he gave them a hug. They clung to him and didn't want us to go. I could see that they missed their daddy, and I was glad that I still had mine. At the door, he turned to Widow Jensen and said, The missus wanted me to invite you and the children over for Christmas dinner tomorrow. The turkey will be more than the three of us can eat, and a man can get cantankerous if he has to eat turkey for too many meals. We'll be by to get you about eleven. It'll be nice to have some littler ones around again. Matt here hasn't been little for quite a spell. I was the youngest. My two brothers and two sisters had all married and moved away. Mrs. Jensen nodded and said, Thank you, Brother Miles. I don't have to say it. May the Lord bless you. I know for certain that he will. Out on the sled, leaving her house, I felt a warmth that came from deep within, and I didn't even notice the cold. When we had gone away, his daddy turned to me and said, Matt, I want you to know something. Your mother and me have been tucking away a little money here and there all year so we could buy that rifle you wanted for Christmas for you, but we didn't have quite enough. Then, yesterday, a man who owed me a little money from years back came by to make things all square. Your mom and I were, were, we were real excited, thinking that now we could get you that rifle. I started into town this morning to do just that, but on the way, I saw little Jakey out scratching in the woodpile, with his feet wrapped up in those gunny sacks, and I knew what I had to do. Son, I spent the money that we were going to use to buy your rifle. We used it for shoes and a little candy for those children. I hope you understand. I understood. I did. And my eyes became wet with tears again. I understood very well and I was so glad that Daddy had done it. Now the rifle seemed so very low on my list of priorities. He had given me a lot more. He had given me the look on Mrs. Jensen's face and the radiant smiles of her three children for the rest of my life. Whenever I saw any of the Jensens or split a block of wood, I remembered. And remembering brought back that same joy I felt riding home beside my daddy that night. 
He had given me much more than a rifle for Christmas that night. He had given me the best Christmas of my life. Now, friend, I want to thank you for listening today. I hope a little bit of emotion from my end has not ruined the telling of this great story. I'd ask you as we get deeper into this Christmas season that you would consider those around you. Not just materialistically and not just for the sake of social good, but please consider their spiritual state and the state of their soul. Thank you for listening. Join us tomorrow here on the Bible Tracked Echoes radio broadcast. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tracked Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.